Thank you so much for tuning in to the Spiro Avenue Show. You could follow us on social media at Spiro Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch our full episodes and clips and highlights on YouTube. And we would appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe button for us. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. We are here with a good friend of mine, Sam. Some know him as Stick Day from Woodward Sports, and I'm not going to do any long diatribe or intro or tease anything. I'm just going to get right into it because I'm thrilled to have him, and he has a morning show to get to tomorrow morning. He gets up a lot earlier than I do. I watch his show every day from the couch in my boxers. Ah. So while you're up grinding, I'm on the couch watching you with my, <laughs> my two kids on my arms in my underwear. So I, I know you've always wanted to hear that story of me watching you while I was in my underwear. But you are opening up this wonderful network, what, five months ago now, right? Where were we at? Yeah, we're right at five months. Five yeah. months. October 1st is when we first started working full-time on it. So Woodward Sports, I, you know, a lot of people that watch the show, we had uh, Adam in from Woodward Sports, what, about two weeks ago now. Very well-received show, smart guy. You know my feelings for that gentleman. He's, a, he's wonderful. And, you know, you're still kind of getting out there and, and you're making more and more headway as we go. I think what you've been able to do in such a short time period is pretty impressive. And just the scale that you're at, you know, we could go down the list of things, uh, you know, your toy drive was $75,000, right? Or something in that. Yep, yep. Did I get that right? Yep. So I, I'm just impressed with what you've done. And for those of you guys that aren't familiar yet with Woodard Sports Network, check them out. They're basically on everything, right? I mean, Facebook, YouTube, I know I follow you on those platforms. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the strategy right now is go everywhere, be everywhere for everybody. And, you know, that's part of doing podcasts like this, letting people know about us. And, you know, really the expert, how we've snowballed so quickly has a lot to do with Chad Johnson. I mean, he's he's just been great to work with and really taking something, an idea and, you know, being like the Grant Cardone of it and just 10xing it. And that's that's where we're at. And, you know, those in Michigan and, you know, 99 percent of our audience is watching from Michigan. You know, Chad Johnson, for those of you who don't know, uh, the Lady Jane's Haircuts for Men, obviously a very popular chain. A lot of people know Chad Johnson from his commercials that were at Comerica Park on yep. the board. That's actually how I became familiar with the brand. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like yeah. sitting in Comerica Park waiting for my free haircut yeah. in that row. Like, <laughs> yeah, come right, on. Right. He's, he's yelling and, you know, it's wicked awesome. Yeah, I didn't know great. he had, like, any interest in sports other than, obviously, advertising and using the medium. And yeah. That's his demographic. But, you know, the thing, is, and we're doing our – little Diet Coke caffeine-free in my basement version, our little Wayne's World version of, you know, what you guys are doing in terms of trying to penetrate the digital sports media. And so, you know, I know where I stand on this, but I'm not interviewing myself and no one's interviewing me. I'm here interviewing you. I'm curious for your take on this. It is a challenge. And what we're both doing, although going about it in different ways and different scales, is kind of ballsy because it's such a saturated market. Every asshole has a podcast. Yep. Every asshole has a podcast. Like I know more people with podcasts and I know people that don't have a podcast. It's like, it's almost bizarre if you're a sports fan and you don't either have your own podcast or you co-host somebody else's or you're a regular guest, uh, you know, appearing on somebody else's It's one of those three. So this isn't, you know, I have a day job. So I, you know, I'm doing my thing during the day. I'm, I'm in a nursing home and helping administrate. And I'm also a full-time grad student. So I got all this other stuff going on. This is like, you're all in. This is what you're doing. I'm curious, what is sort of the end goal? Like, what does success look like to you? What 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 is we made it? This, <laughs> we, you know, we're we're happy with where we're at. 
Um, I mean, that's that's such a loaded question, you know, because it keeps evolving. Like at first it was, hey, we got a studio. That's a success. Hey, we're on two different platforms. That's a Hey, we're now on three different platforms. Like, you know, oh, we got Joey coming over from, you know, Mojo and 955. That's a success. Oh, now we got, you know, Joyke Bell. Like, it's just I don't know. It's tough to explain because of what I said. It's just been snowballing so fast. But the end goal is to be the greatest and be the biggest and, you know, compete eventually down the road nationally and take this to other markets and really establish ourselves as like the cutting edge way of digital media and how it's done. Because, yes, we have our podcast, but we also have our live shows. So we're kind of like a hybrid and we're not really a radio, but we're not really TV. So it's just this. It's this weird hybrid that we really feel that's where media is going. The thing that I like about what you're doing and what I like about the format in general, I had, you know, uh, Michael Stone, Stoney from 97.1 in about a month or so ago. And he's, you know, I told him nothing I didn't say to his face. I said, I think he has an antiquated view, you know, because I, I actually mentioned Woodward Sports during that interview and and just digital media in general. And, you know, his perspective is, you know, radio is always going to be king. And you know, I, I happen to disagree. I think the future, if we're not already there, we're on the doorstep is more kind of in the lane that you're going. And, you know, 97.1, if I want to listen to 97.1, I have to take every 12 minutes of commercial break. And it, it's with you guys. I've been a religious watcher of your program in particular. I don't like love everything you guys do. Not that I'm anti, you know, what, um, UFC, like you have a UFC show. It's right. not that I'm anti, I don't dislike the show. I just, that's not appealing to me. Right. But like your core two hour show, I don't have endless commercials when you do have a break. It's like grow green for 30 seconds and then we're right back to it. I mean, do you, do you see yourself sort of not you alone and Woodard Sports alone, but sort of people in your coterie, in your genre, replacing radio? Because you came from a traditional radio background. I mean, I've worked at radio for 20 years. Like, that's what I've done my entire life. Programmed radio stations, done night shows, done afternoon shows in multiple markets, been syndicated in multiple markets. And um, even radio, you see, I worked for iHeartRadio, and even you see that they're going to the digital, you know, they're pushing their app. They're constantly pushing their app. They're pushing the digital end of listening. So I think even radio knows that that's where listening is going. Um, I love radio. Like, it's been the biggest part of my life, and it'll always be there, but... You know, just like AM went away, you know, FM will eventually phase out because everybody has their radio on their pocket and everybody can tune into their favorite app and it no longer has to be in my car on that dial. I can take it anywhere with me. And that's kind of the beauty of what we're doing. It's, it's just on-demand programming. And even to whatever extent, 97.1 and other stations are trying to keep up, like they have the radio.com app. And again, something I talked about with Stoney where, you know, he's like, oh, you can, you can, can get the show and you can rewind it. It's like, Stoney, have you ever used that app? He said, no, it's the most cumbersome thing ever. It's like you rewind it a minute. It's like, it's spinning. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just horrible. I, I just, you know, as someone that was in radio, you said 20 years, 20 right? years, yeah, 20 years. And my first ever producer, Jed Schilling, knows you, yep. called you the best programmer he's familiar with in the state of Michigan. Oh, that's so, nice, Jed. And he's probably watching now. He watches all our <laughs> stuff. He's a great guy. He's actually down in Florida working for a Yeah, with station. Joe. Yeah, yeah, Jack, yeah. Joe Radio. Yep. So, yeah, he said, like, when I was telling him about, you know, we talked kind of off the record about, like, what you guys were doing. Not not like that. Off the air, <laughs> I should say. Not off the record. Um you know, about what you guys are doing. And he's, you know, he's a believer in, in you personally. I'm curious. So given your radio background, do you see 
yourself and people in your genre replacing them entirely? Are they going the way of the dinosaur? Or is it going to be kind of side by side? Um, it's they're not going anywhere. Like the established brands aren't going anywhere. But the problem that I see with radio right now is they don't establish brands anymore. Like it's real easy to syndicate somebody from out of market, and they're not doing you know appearances. Like once this thing gets going with Woodward Sports, and you know you see Darren McCarty hanging out like. You know, for the Woodward Dream Cruise, we're right there. Darren McCarty wants to perform with Grinder. You're gonna have Joey taking his shirt off with something shaved into his chest, and that was that. Like that used to be the beauty of local radio is you could touch it, you could feel it. And the more that they syndicate out and you know the, delocalize it, I guess is a way to put it, it, it hurts them. But I don't see them going away. It's always gonna be an outlet. I just see you know the listener evolving and the way they consume media evolving. Yeah, maybe not go away, but I, I they will be minimized. Is my prediction. That's, yeah, that's where I see it. But going. like a Mike Valeni, he's he's going to be successful. Like he's too good. He's too good. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, and you know, I love Valeni. I respect Valeni. We wanna we wanna go at Valeni. You know, because that's that's our audience. That's our target audience. I think he's one of the smartest guys I've ever heard on the radio. But at the same time, you know, like their weaknesses, they have to drive people to listen to radio. Because if they don't, they don't get their ratings. So they can't go live on, you know, all these other platforms because they need the people, you know, Detroit's a PPM market, which not to get too radio geek on you and all that stuff, but radio, it's like a pager you wear and radio sends out a frequency and that's how it measures ratings. And there's only like maybe like a thousand to dictate a couple million people. So one meter can throw off a whole station's ratings and they have to drive traffic to those meters. Otherwise they can't get ratings and then they can't sell it. And now all of a sudden you're not making money and now you're definitely going away. Right. And you're kind of playing to a false metric. I mean, you're kind of like singing to this little robot instead of like an actual resonating. And that's another message. thing with us. It's a provable quantity. Like, Hey, here are other downloads. People went out of their way. You know, they're listening to this entire hour. And you know, with us, like the commercial lives on forever. You know, if you if you buy a commercial spot on the radio, you get 15 seconds. Yep. And if you're not in the car in that 15 seconds, the listener didn't hear it with ours. You go back and listen to the morning show like tomorrow. Still there. Right. So that's a better business model moving forward, too, I think. I, I, I just think that's where it's at. Now, yeah. Backing up, I don't know, about 90 seconds. So, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you respect Valenti, you like Valenti, yeah. but. You do view um, you know, you want to go after him. You mm-hmm. want to go after his market share. You want to go after his listeners. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm curious because you've made remarks, and I don't know if, how willing you'll be able to get into this on air. <laughs> we'll see. But you've made remarks on your show that have been sort of, I would put them in the cryptic basket where some people are against you locally. People have done things against you locally. People, you know, is that fair? I mean, you have. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Of, like, can you elaborate on that? Even if you don't name names, like what have you met resistance in town? Are people like anti Woodward sports already? I mean, anytime you start something new and anytime people feel you as a threat, which I always take as a compliment, you do get people that are trying to call your clients and tell them, Hey, these guys, you so that, know, that's happening. That's, that's happening in this city already. with, wow. and, and people we respect and people we know and people we love, but you know, like, you know, once business is business and people, it brings out the worst of people sometimes, and sometimes people you wouldn't think would have those um, abilities or even thoughts to go against you, but they do, and that's part of that's part of starting anything, though. Yeah, I, I and, suppose. I mean, the, 
It's a compliment to me. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah, my favorite line is no one boos a bench player. Like, I've never booed the 12th man on a team before besides Darko. I've never booed the 12th man on a team before because you don't care about the 12th man. You care about the guy that's whooping your ass. That's the guy you boo. The question, so, you know, we talked about how flooded the media market is at local, national, and the every asshole is a podcast thing. Right. You know, and, and we'll finish on this as far as the Woodward Sports angle goes. If you're going to tell someone, like, what – why should I give a shit? Why should I listen? Like, cause that's something we talk about here is like, okay, wh- why are we different? Cause there are a million podcasts. Yep. We try to give some perspective and a quality of production. If you're telling someone, look, there's a million podcasts. Why do I give two hoots and how about this new Woodward sports thing? What, what do you say to that? Um, I just tell them that it's, you know, to me, it's all about personal and it's all about being local. Like we and me and you both agree on this fine gentleman right yeah, here. Colin Coward uh, on, on set here. Right. <laughs> and anybody can give me the stats, right? I yep. can get, I can go to Yahoo. I can Google the stats. I can find out whatever I need to find stats wise. But as soon as you find a connection with somebody, as soon as like you, you realize like you and Adam, you know, like you did before we went on, you're like, I didn't even know who he was a nobody to me at first. And not that Adam's a nobody. I don't mean it like that, but I didn't know who he was. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And now he's one of your favorite people because you've grown to know him and grown to love him, not only because of his sports opinions, but because of his demeanor, because of how he handles himself. I'm bummed when he's not on. Yeah. I I, I go, I flew on your show all the time. I'm like, you know, I'm always happier when I see his, his, uh, you know, golf has, what is it, Callaway or whatever the fuck it is, or Callaway. (laughs) Always Callaway. I'm not a golf guy. I don't know anything about Oh, Adam's (laughs) a tremendous golfer. He's a tremendous athlete all the way around. He's he's my quarterback. I like to say he's the high school quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Have, yeah. Have you seen the footage of him? You can Google him on, or you can look I, him I up on YouTube. I haven't. Oh, do it, man. You're, you're it that out. big of a fan. Look up Adam on YouTube. <laughs> I'll, check <him> out. <laughs> I'll check him out. So, you know, I, I've said it from the beginning and, you know, you're the second representative of your network. You yeah. have been on here and a big supporter of what you're doing. Um, you know, you and I have a number of disagreements on sports stuff, but that's sort of the beauty of it. And we're going to get to that. But yeah. um, in terms of the Woodward sports thing, you know, just wish you well. And I have been saying forever. I have been begging uh, for years. I mean, so years before I knew you, please, some rich guy with FU money, just come in and be like, fuck it. I don't care. Like, we're going to take the town down. And you are the first person with Chad Johnson and your partners that are taking a stab at that. So, I mean, I, I'm your biggest fan in terms of just like, you know, get it done. I'm rooting for you. Seriously. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a tremendous partnership with everybody, and that's that's what's really making this work. Is we're all a team, we're all in it together, and you know we're going for it. That's it. That's it. Oh, that's we got good. no other choice, man. Like you said, this is my only job right. now, man. I gave up any everything. I turned down a six figure job that I was gonna have to move out of state for for this. This is it, man. We're going for it. Well, yeah, and I, I don't want to get too like you know depressing, but I know you did have a, a good friend of yours that had passed away tragically, and that was sort of your spark, right? Like to finally. Kind of, I mean, I don't want to put the words in your mouth. But. No, it was, it was the kick in the ass I needed. You yeah. know, like the, whenever you lose a good friend or you ever lose you lose somebody close in your life, it, it you know you just reevaluate things. And I was doing marketing for a couple companies. I, I love marketing. Uh, you know, creative billboards, funny stuff like that. I love doing that stuff, but. At the end of the day, I just didn't have the outlet I wanted. And, you know, I've always loved sports. We always love sports together. And it was just something that she she pushed me towards this. And this is it's crazy to what it's developed into. And 
so happy to be with the people that we're with now. Yeah, you're fledgling. I mean, you're just getting started. So I'm yeah. excited to follow you. I think the. I mean, obviously, anything that Adam's done is the best. But, uh, <laughs> outside of Adam's work, my favorite thing you guys have done was the um, just, I, I mean, it was, t- I think, off the cuff, but you did like a five-minute video about like, this is why I'm doing it and like, go get your dreams kind of thing. It was. Yeah, that was one of those moments, like, I was just sitting in the studio alone, you know, like, it was one of those nights, me and Adam have been getting in at, like, 6, 7 a.m. since, you know, the beginning of this, and, you know, I was sitting there at, like, 7 at night, just looking around, and it was like, holy shit, like, this is really happening, like, like, we're going for it, and we got the right people behind us, we got, you know, the visionary behind it that's really pushing it to the next level, even beyond what I could have ever conceptualized it being putting the right people in place. So it's it's just been a blessing the whole time. Well, wish you well. You and I are cut from the same cloth in many ways. We love radio. We love traditional radio. We both believe in this new medium. The bromance is over. We're uh, <laughs> about 15 minutes in. Here comes the lion's talk. <laughs> Here comes the lion. <laughs> and you and I have been warring factions. And I mean, you're, you're, you have the, you know, the megaphone, you're on the show. I'm like the, the fucking ant, like in the audience. Like, oh, you. You're in the building. Yeah, yeah right. I'm in the building, damn it. <laughs> yeah, just yell it in the back of the room. So this is where, look, and, and you're not the first person to sit across from me and be the yin to my yang. I'm the cynic. And, and that's certainly not unique to you. Most people are to the positive side of my negativity. So you're in a very crowded room of people that are, uh, more glass half full than I am. But the Lions thing, I don't get it. So the big news of the day, technically, obviously, is Brad Holmes. I'm not going to be getting into a deep dive discussion about Brad Holmes as the GM. I think we both seem to be okay with it. We don't know much about him. Right. Who knows? I know that he's bringing analytics in, and that's the new hotness, Wonderful. and we haven't done it before, and here we go with analytics and football. Right. And and you being a huge, you know, Lions fan, slappy, whatever, whatever. I mean, even you're like, who knows? Sounds great. And so I, I'm not going to pretend for the sake of content that I have some huge opinion on Brad Holmes. <laughs> it sound, sounds great. But I do have a huge opinion on the coach. Now, we had very different reactions to this, and I, I don't believe you run your, your Twitter page, but I think it's um, representative of sort of your perspective and your general attitude, which is completely different from mine. So, Ben, if you can throw up the, the Woodward Sports reaction. Oh, Dan, boy. Dan Campbell is, you know, the news is leaking out that Dan Campbell is going to be the... the yeah, no, that, that's me. That's yeah, me that, posting that. that. You. Yes. So, you know, obviously <laughs> a lot of our audio listeners have no idea what the hell we're laughing about. So you have this tweet, of, you know, it's the South Park PC principal, which that is hilarious. Oh, he, dude, he looks just like <laughs> PC principal. Like, he does look just like him. But your reaction is to be like, oh, you know, Campbell's ready to roll, go Lions, hashtag. And... I'm the flip side. I'm the, like I said, I'm the yin to your yang. My reaction quite a bit different. Same day, I was railing. I mean, I could have thrown up any number of tweets. Ben, I'll throw up one, I guess. I, <laughs> I could have done a slideshow of my ranting. Same day as you saying, go Lions, hashtag Dan's yeah. ready. Quote, I still can't believe the Lions spent two months on their coaching search and landed on a tight ends coach whose entire philosophy is, quote, be tough, run the ball. We'll be doing this again in 22 months, meaning the coaching search. Yin to the yang. And by the way, look how many likes I had on that. So I'm not the only jaded person in this town. Oh, no. No, I I was going to say, like you said, you know, a lot of people are on my side. I think it's I think the easiest thing to be is a jaded Lions fan and a cynic for the Lions because history has proven you right over and over and over and over and, and over and over. 
Where do you stand though? I mean, cause you're, so, your, your tweet is, yeah, you talked about about on your show, but you know, for those that didn't watch, yeah. where do you stand on this Dan Campbell thing? Cause so, I think it's a joke and I'll get into my take in a minute. Here's how I always explain my Lions fandom to people. Like if I ever have a son and he plays for a little league football team and they're a shit football team, you know what I'm going to be doing every Saturday rooting for that football team. Cause that's my son's football team. I was born a Lions fan. I didn't choose this life. Like, <laughs> this is where I was born geographically. Like, yeah. and I grew up a Lions fan. So, you know, loyalty is just a part of, and optimism is a part of who I am. And I'm always going to take, like, all right, I'll give this a try because why not? I mean, it's really like, I don't, I don't understand never enjoying the game ever. Oh, I'll enjoy it if they run the, like a competent <laughs> organization. It's not like I'm a cynic across the globe. The Red Wings have been horrible for half a decade. And yep. I'm like, you know what? Shit, I saw them win four cups. They have like a 10-year grace period before they have to be good again. And I, they're going to beat the clock on that because they have the best GM in sports. but Or in hockey, anyway. Um, you know, But the Lions, they've never, ever repaid you, never given you any pleasure. And look, <laughs> I sit here across from you as a huge Lions fan, yeah. begrudgingly. I don't... Okay, I kind of hate the Lions, but I love the Lions. It's a love-hate. I want them to do well. I'll be the first one at the parade if they it's win. It's my team, man. It's my quarterback. That's my, <laughs> team. That's my team. It is my team. But, like, um, you're, but what is your – I ask you, why do you like the Dan Campbell hire? And all you're giving me is, oh, you know, well, no, I just my to ex- son is a little you – know. I just wanted to explain my okay. Lions fan. Okay, fair For enough. For the Dan Campbell thing, yeah. um, it, it's – who else was there, okay? If we didn't get enemy and we didn't get Salah, those are the two guys that it's could've like, had, okay. Could have had Sawa. They didn't like Sawa. He would have walked here. I have that on good authority for one of his best friends that he grew up with. He wanted to come here. He would have come here over the Jets. The Lions had no interest in the entire list of everyone that was out there. Arthur Smith. I didn't enemy, want Arthur Sala. Smith. I'm not saying he was my first pick. Yeah. I would have taken him over a PC principal. Other than, <laughs> See, other- I wouldn't have. I, I, don't want, I didn't want Arthur Smith. Like, Take away Derrick Henry from that offense, and you're the offensive coordinator. What the hell are they? That's fair. But what do you like about Dan Campbell, who's a tight ends coach? Well, also assistant head that's, coach. That's you keep eliminating that that's from a bunch the of bullshit. It's Rod Marinelli had the assistant head coach title in Tampa. It means nothing. Okay. It's something you give uh, to I mean, someone as a pass. I can the play the McVeigh card. McVeigh was a tight ends coach before he became one of the greatest offensive minds to ever grace the NFL. Like, and you got to give these guys a chance. I mean, they spent time in the game. The thing with Campbell is he already has head coach experience sucking. <laughs> like he sucked with the the, the interim, Dolphins. The interim head coaching does not count. You're not preparing a training camp. It's you're not learning. A, you're learning on the job. It's an internship. It's not head coach it, experience. It's the biggest asterisk of head coach experience on the planet. But it's head coaching. It's on your record. Okay, that's fine. You're, you're talking about oh, who was talking about McVeigh? McVeigh when he was hired, no one knew if it was going to work to the extent that it right, did. Right. But when he was hired, what you read about him was X is an O genius. He's a whiz on, on the board. When I'm reading things about Dan Campbell, it's leader of men, and he's tough, and the, the Oklahoma drill. But Nothing about him being a, a tactician. But we're back at that stage of where the Lions need to be. Like this is, We're back at the Jim Schwartz era, where we need the rah-rah guys to pick these guys up off their ass because they've been beaten down for three years <laughs> by some dude That's who tells fair. them he's going to end their careers. <laughs> yeah. He's trading his best players away because they disagree with him. Like, we... It, it's a psychological thing. You need the rah-rah guy at this point. Then we're going to upgrade to the real coach. So you look, <laughs> like, at him, uh, you look at him like Joe Biden. I'm a transition candidate. I'm a, I'm a transition coach. That's That doesn't inspire confidence. But I've talked about on this show, I've railed. And this is where we do agree. I think 
from day one, I said, and this is Sawa would have fit this box just as well or, or better than Campbell, but they had to take a reparative approach with their hire. I, I think the players coach concept can be overstated and, and overrated, but in this case, the, oh, yeah, they had to. I mean, look how they responded to Bevel, and Bevel's not a head coach <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Like, but he's like, I'm going to let them play with their hair on fire. We're going to have fun. And they're like, hell yeah, coach, let's do on it. On the heels of Matt Patricia. I mean, Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Course. Yelling at reporters for not <laughs> sitting up straight, never showing up on time to his own damn meetings. <laughs> yeah. Like He was such a piece of trash to everybody yeah. that you need the guy that's like, let's just play football, guys. Smash him in the mouth. I'm a big, like, and yeah. hopefully Campbell picked up a lot from, you know, uh, Peyton and, instills it. I mean, he's already yeah. bringing, they named the DC. They're bringing their uh, defensive back coach from the saints. So, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's something it's, it's better is, than we had. This is not, well, okay. Let's not say much. This is, <laughs> I'm just, I'm telling you right now. I look, I, I've had some bad takes in my life. We all have, if you say enough shit, you know, the, yeah. you just like me, we are conveyor belts of opinions, but I will venture to say that this will go in my good basket. This is not going to work. The people, you know, like you and the media, the fans that are advocating for this have no evidence. It's just give it a try. Uh, He's tough. Patricia was awful. Couldn't be any worse. Those are not ringing endorsements. They're just not. You're giving me nothing to work with. <laughs> but that's nothing. the case with any new coach. That's not true. It's we true. just talked about Sean McVay. Yeah, and before that, you just said people didn't know if that was going to work no, out. And but the there you are, go. No, but here's you don't the know. difference. Here's the difference, though. With Holmes, we're you're going back to the GM. We don't know with him either, but he checks some of the boxes I want to see. You know, extremely into analytics. Tough means nothing to me. I know a lot of tough guys. The maintenance guy at the building I, I, <laughs> I help manage is like the toughest guy I know. I don't want him running football ops. I don't want him running the personnel. No, Matt Millen was a tough guy, and yeah, that did not work exactly. out Exactly. Well. No, I'll so, give you that. But there's th- nothing. Th- th- that doesn't mean Dan nothing. Campbell is just a meathead. I mean, I, granted, we made fun of him. He, called lo- him he looks like a meathead. But he, look, I, I right. hope he's great. Look. I hope that he was he- on the Owen 16 team. He knows about <laughs> what the Lions need for culture, man. Uh, I get like, Look. We, I think we agree that this is an improvement over, I mean, God forbid, bringing Patricia back. I mean, that, that was done. And we had um, Kyle Mankey from MLive in our last show before you. And, I mean, he was talking about, I asked him point blank, I said, was this gone for Matt Patricia in year one? Was it too far gone? Was he too toxic in that first year? Kyle's around that team every day, covers it professionally. His position was Patricia just nuked it in year one. Year two and then three when when he made them practice outside for an indoor game, <laughs> yeah, that's when no, he lost them for no reason. Well, that's, like that's when you lose pros. Right. It's like we'll do anything for you. We'll run through walls for you, coach, if it makes sense. Exactly. And we it, agree it on didn't that. make sense. No. And but. calling you know Darius. What do he say? Like don't don't suck. Uh, was it Fitzgerald or Hopkins? I think it was Hopkins. Yeah, because he paid him a compliment on yeah, Twitter or, yeah. or on Instagram. Patricia was such a boob, man. I, I just this Campbell thing. Look, I always say this with any Lions analysis, criticism, however you want to phrase it. I hope I'm wrong. I, 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 I'm dying to be wrong. If, if you come back here a year from now, two years from now, and, and you want to laugh in my face, look, they're 11 and five. That's great. I will take it. <laughs> I will bathe in your criticism. I, I just no. get the shower out and shower me with the criticism, but I don't buy it. The best version of this is they like them and they're eight and eight, nine and seven. You see Dan Campbell, be honest. You even said he's more transitional. 
Do you see Dan Campbell? Obviously not next year, but year two, year three, year four, if it gets there. Do you see this guy going 12 and four and ending the 30 year history, the 30 year streak of them never winning this division? He's, uh, not, he's not that guy. He's the wrong guy. I mean, a lot has to happen for that to say. Like, he, he's like, he, we're in a transition period. We can acknowledge that with Stafford, yes, right? That's right. So, like, we can agree that he's kind of a transition coach. I don't think, I don't think he will, but damn, if he does. I mean, I'd be happy for it. So this is I think he's got a better chance of going twelve and four than four and twelve. You're, look, you're a smart guy and you can't give you're not giving me anything. And that's the point. There's well, there's what nothing. is there to give you? There's nothing exactly. to, there's nothing. But that's the point We're with here. that's the point Kumbaya. with new anything. Like, you oh, know I know, but you can there's there's you, Adam, prime example. You didn't know shit about Adam, but now you love him. You, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna keep going back to Adam on this. And it could be your Dan he could be your Dan Campbell. <laughs> yeah, like we don't right. know shit about this guy, but eh, Okay, fair uh, enough. He fair turns enough. out to be the greatest thing ever. I mean, I don't know. And that's the yeah. bottom line. You don't know. And that these are just opinions. And you know, like you you can't prove to me that he's gonna be bad. No. But it's I, I there's there's better gambles, more calculated risks. I would have or less calculated risks. I would say. Yeah, I, the, the, I would have loved Salah. Like that was my guy. Let's be honest. That was my I, guy. I, I would have loved Salah, but we didn't get him, and but, so eh, they didn't want him. And that's a key distinction. If you wanted Salah, and he just he was enamored with the Jets ownership group, which he'd be the first one. But that's fine. I, I can sleep at night with that. What I can't sleep with is a guy that I think was clearly more qualified, clearly a better option. And we chose to go in a different direction. And that's not my perception. That is inside information. Ooh. I don't have all this. Well, we've talked about it on this show. I, I am very friendly with one of his best friends. You know, if this were 97 to 1, they'd be playing the siren. I don't, I have like almost, <laughs> I have a lot of baseball and hockey contacts. I have almost nothing in the NFL except Robert Sala contacts. He would have walked here. He wanted to be here. The Lions did not want him. And why do you think they didn't want him? They, they didn't like the interview. They they were in so a, that that kid from Houston that that wasn't a fake blog that Burke I talked about it with Burkett and, and Kyle too I, I think it was on the show with Kyle we were talking about I can't remember we spoke for like two hours after the, after our cut but we talked about that it's not they didn't buy that he interviewed poorly he just didn't wow them that was the percent Burkett actually is pretty well connected with the Lions organization and that ownership group right. It wasn't that he, but the, the guy in Texas kind of phrased it like he just interviewed poorly. That's, was like the, yeah. That wasn't really the case from my understanding, but they were enamored with Campbell, which is fine. That's great. It's their team, but I'm not going to sit here and you have this guy who's dying to come here, who's more qualified, who has actually coordinated a unit to exceptional uh, results and standards uh, with no healthy players. Endorsed by Richard Sherman. I yeah. mean, yeah. Richard no. Sherman, who hates everything. Right. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's like, I think it's a mistake, and I think we're going to learn the hard way that it was a mistake. I, I want to talk a little bit. I, I want to get on something I think we kind of agree on at least a little bit. Uh-oh. But just because we're going to yell at you the whole time, you yell at me. It's, it's, you know, I love you, but fuck, you're, you're a homer with this, this, this Lions. I, I, I'll gladly admit, right? Yeah. I'm always going <laughs> right. to side with the Lions. Like, and, you know, I'm, I have that stupid optimism. And when it pays off, it's amazing. Oh, <laughs> you know, that's like, fair. I, I, you know, I'm a cynical asshole. So, like, it's I was going to Piston Games show. when Jed Bushler was running point and it paid off to a 2004 championship. And those were some of the best memories because I could talk about, well, I was watching them when Jed Bushler was running point. Yeah, Judd Bushler. Don't get his name wrong. Whatever. Who, who the hell Bushler is? I have a little respect for Bushler. Judd. Yeah, 
Judd Bushler. Oh, man. Guy well, had one skill, which now, it's funny. Now he'd actually be pretty valuable. He could just shoot threes. That's all he did. But back then it was like frowned upon almost. Yep. But anyway, but getting into someone I think is common ground, and we'll explore it. This was a town that had a media figure bring about national attention this past week. And it ties into this Dan Campbell thing. Free Press uh, reporter named Marlo Alter writes an article. Ben, if you can throw up, we'll we'll keep it all on Twitter. This is like, I want to call it a three-part play, but it happened so fast it's like a three-part skit. So (laughs) this is is the tweet from the Free Press, January 15th. Dan Campbell, Detroit Lions coach, is uh, the front runner. He made a controversial anti-gay remark in college. So this is an article from Marlo Alter. In the Free Press, January 15th, talking about Dan Campbell making an anti-gay remark 20 years ago when he was a college I love kid. the search that you have up there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm not even going to repeat that for our 60% audio uh, audience. So, so okay, so they the Free Press puts this out there January 15th. It's like, what, not even an hour later. <laughs> They're already responding. People go into this reporter's tweet history. I don't even know like who thought to look if like someone was just new. The to- internet. I know. The internet it, it, knows. It happened so fast. Yeah, it's <laughs> the internet, man. I I know, but like, the, the y- speed of it. Somebody had to have known that guy, like, and known that he said that shit. Like, I like who would even think to look? Maybe Dan. I-, I mean, if hopefully it's Dan Campbell's PR team. That would like, be you know funny. what? Fuck this guy. But they, like- they, so they throw this out there. So the news is out there that Dan Campbell's the guy and whatever. So. Immediately transition to not even two hours later, they have to address these people that are now calling out the moral altar. Ben, if you can throw that up there, if you have it, I, I don't know. Do you, yeah, there we go. Quote, <laughs> also January 15th, not even two hours later, we are aware of and investigating reports of inappropriate tweets by a member of our staff. So this is happening very, very fast. Okay. So People are hammering them, saying, hey, assholes, with this Dan Campbell story, look at this reporter. This guy's like a member of the KKK if you go strictly by his 2012 history. It's a, it's a mighty high horse he's on. So it's not even an hour after that tweet. We're on the step three. We're on the act three of this skit. We're Marlo Walter, Detroit Free Press reporter. <laughs> Here it is. Believe me, this was also January 15th. Those uh, I can see the image will uh, uh, just look how many likes. Oh, yeah. Look how many likes and look how many responses. <laughs> it's got like a 25 to 1 what, <laughs> you know, uh, response to like ratio. So here's the quote from Marlo Alter. This is like two hours after the beginning of this terrible situation. Quote I apologize for the unacceptable tweets from my past. There is no excuse for the language I used, and I'm embarrassed. I do not condone that language. I am sorry to anyone I have offended and deeply regret my actions. So this whole thing is in a basket and done with a bow on it. Within two hours from that article's out where Dan Campbell made an anti-gay remark 23 years ago when he was 20 in college to people find Marlo Alter, the reporter's search. Uh, right. They search his history. They out him as, I mean, I'm not going to say they out him as a homophobe, but they out him as someone that said racist and homophobic things in the past. So, I mean, right, indisputably, is that fair? I mean, yeah, what he said was a lot harsher than what Dan oh, said. Oh, tenfold. Like, ten, tenfold. like he was using the, the words you can't use. And what Dan said was more pro-straight than anti-gay. Well, yeah. It was it, it, inappropriate degrees. either way. Yeah, right. but, but what Marlowe said was just, I mean, and the fact that the guy called out Dan Campbell, just how, how unaware can you be? 
Oh, I know. And how do you not like, because I'm sorry, everyone that uses that type of language or used it prior is not like uh, suffering amnesia. You know that you spoke like that before. If I'm writing an article that is likely to gain traction on at least a regional scale, if not a national scale, there's no way if that stuff's in my history, I'm not auditing myself and going through and cleaning that up. I mean, he really should have done it a long time ago anyway. Here's the thing. You can't. You talked about this on your show. I did. Is, is that true? It, it's really 100% true. You can't delete your tweets? You can delete it from your profile, yeah. but you can't delete it from history. Can we not teach people how to do that? Because I'll be, I'll be <laughs> what is it, 9.30, I'll be canceled by 10. No, yeah, I, no. You will not find N-words and, you know. And that's the thing. I mean, F, like. F-word, you might find other stuff. Dude, the way people have grown up and these, like, you know, not that we're old men sitting here, like we've grown up with Twitter and social media and all that, like MySpace, and we we grew up in that era. But these kids have put every thought that they've had out since they were like 15 years old. I was the dumbest kid alive when I was 15 years old. Yep, like the stuff that was coming out of my mouth, you know, is nothing to do with the man I am today. But it's now that it's on document, people can screenshot it. And I just couldn't believe that that guy had the audacity to put that article out. And then they, Free Press has the article up to this day. I saw it up today. Like, pull it down. Well, here's, and this is my next point. Let's say Marlo Walter was a monk. He was a saint. He's <laughs> never said a bad thing in the world. And he didn't have this sort of hypocritical angle of the story. Okay. And he writes it anyway. What do you make of that? Do you think it's a kosher article if he is clean? Um, I, cause I don't like it. No, who does? I mean, the, no, I, this whole got the cancel culture is like, that's what they want. They want to get you and they yep. want to tear you down. And when it's, when it's used correctly, it's so appropriate. Like, you know, look at the G the GM that got let go today. Like, you know, he got let go immediately because of all the text messages and stuff that came out that he was doing inappropriate. That's a good version of. We found out about this. Public outcry. Get this guy out of here, right? GM for the Mets. Did you read that article that Jeff Passan and I can't remember the, uh, um, is it Mila Kassan or something? The, the, I'm sorry. I should, I should know the attribution. Did you actually read the article though? No. It's, it's hilarious. There's an, I mean, it's, it's terrible, but there's the fact that this guy wrote, I know you knew this fact. Yes. 62 consecutive messages unanswered 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 Unanswered. but the story the story is so funny the wording i just i couldn't help but laugh he sent 61 that were not answered it just you know i love you come on like why aren't you responding what's wrong you're beautiful beautiful uh he sent a dick pic yeah but what he sent a dick ish pic it was like over the boxers type stuff like and so it's it's like okay you send 61 this is right in the story the 62nd message was just his fully erect naked penis. And it's like, it's just hilarious to me. That, and then it stopped. So it's like, he sent 61, like, hey, love you, baby. Here's me and my boxers. No response for months. This is, I mean, it's one thing if you're drunk one night and fire off 60 messages. <laughs> this is like over the course of months, no response. And I just, I think it's so funny that he was finally like, ah, uh, fuck it. Full money. We're going for the full money. Like, it's just, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Ben's throwing up some of this. Stuff. Oh like, God. Just the, yeah. That, that was one of like the, I'm annoying the you stuff. frowny face, frowny face. Why won't you answer me? Beautiful. Like, dude, you know why she won't answer you. Oh yeah. I mean, it, well, yeah, it's funny. Like, I mean, not to, to pile on the poor sap, but I mean, he, he's not necessarily like George Clooney either. It's like, 
I don't know why you would think, you know, I, I we have no idea who this reporter is, by no, the way. I, mean, it's I have anonymous. no idea what she looks like and anything. The insinuation from the story is that she is an attractive lady. And it's like, I mean, it's, I, look, you shouldn't do it anyway. But right. it's like, come on, man, take the hint. You've messaged her 60 times. Like, I'm all for, like, consensual. You want to get freaky? Consensual? Consenting adults can do whatever they want. Of course. Yeah, like, it's. I don't judge, like, the weird, like, hey, if some chick wants a picture of, of your member, go for it. This was clearly unwarranted. But the fact that, he went 61 messages. And the final one, it wouldn't even be as funny if he had sent something <laughs> after, but that was like his final crescendo where he's just like, all right, I, I'm putting literally my dick on the table. Right. Like, this is, <laughs> my, this is my last resort. Yeah. If this doesn't work, I'm out. <laughs> like, like that, was the last, that was the last bullet in the chamber. Uh, but yeah, so it, just, I mean, we digress. Right. I agree. But, that story, that guy needed to lose his job. And that was four years ago, you know, and that's something that, okay, it happened four years ago. Call him out for it, get him out of his job. That's what Dan Campbell did. Okay, it, it maybe it needs to be reported, you know, because it is the guy coming in here to coach a billion-dollar organization. Yes. And you look at what happened with Patricia when he came in. What happened with Patricia I thought was a lot more egregious than anything Dan Campbell did. And Well, what was alleged. I alleged. Mean, yeah, you know, alleged sexual assault in the hotel room on spring break. and That's you know. a hefty alle- allegation. Like, yeah. It, even to have that and you know, that's the scary part, whether it's true or not. It's still an allegation on your record. And the fact that nobody knew that as they hired that guy just kind of showed a little Bob, Bob no Quinn's, due diligence. Did you remember Bob Quinn's remark when they asked him about it? He said, it's not my job to do background check. It, it was, is. It is, Bob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly your job, yeah, Bob. It was your job. <laughs> like, it's not my job to vet the guy that I'm entrusting with the keys to this multi-billion dollar operation. What an embarrassment he right. was. Uh, but as far as this story goes, uh, to me, it's a non-story. It got clicks for the free press. You know, they got their money off of their Google ads or whatever they're running through. And there you go. But Here's- Marlo, I, I don't... I don't have much to say to Marlo. <laughs> well, let me ask you, because, you know, you've you've worked in a different medium, but you have a, an extensive media background and yep. you've been, you know, I don't know, operations manager at any point, but you've run stations. Program director. Program yep. director. So yep. you've been the boss. Yes. And you're the boss now. But nah. if you're, well, one of them. <laughs> if you're in that situation, you're the free press editor in chief, managing editor, whatever. Do you fire Marlo Alter? Yes. You do fire him. You have to. Why? Because it was 2012. He was probably... 15? I don't care. He represents your brand. Yeah. And what this does, this hurt your brand. It hurts your credibility. It hurts anything that comes out. And that's, that's really what it's about when you're a boss at that level is protecting your brand, especially as a news organization, you got to protect your integrity. And if you don't have integrity, no one's going to read your shit anyways. So if, if you don't throw the ax at this guy and get rid of him, it just shows that you're there's really nobody running the show there and that you're letting anybody write any article about anybody, whether they have a credibility or not. I'm watching it closely because, you know, I, I broke the story uh, 2016 about Drew Sharp, a, you know, now deceased, but at the time, healthy and able-bodied reporter for them, plagiarizing David Harns, a blogger, Michigan State blogger, and got national traction and the free press just botched it. They kind of like told Drew Sharp to take a paid vacation for a month. They never acknowledged it, never apologized. People in this town know, you know, the Mitch album thing going back another 10 years, you know, oh, Mateen Cleves and Morris Peterson are at the basketball game. He wrote the story in advance. They gave him a slap on the wrist. So the free press is notorious for kind of like under punishing or just sweeping things under the rug entirely. But I talked to one of my good friends in the Detroit media, not a free press associate, but works for a rival publication. <laughs> Use your imagination. 
And I mean, he was telling me the new free press management is like totally different and they're pissed. Like they're, they're pissed about this. So they're having those discussions right now, whether or not you fire them. I, I think you make the argument. And I'm not a hundred percent either way. I think I probably would too, for the reasons you gave protecting yeah. the institution. Well, and what he said, man, like what well, he said, those screenshots right. live forever. And I you know. really want that guy going to a press was, conference or covering, you know, it was horrible stuff. Yeah. You can't, that's why I, I, you know, if I had to pick, I, I think you got to let him go. Yeah. But and this doesn't have to be just about Marlo Alter, but I'm curious. And again, you know, we don't know. I, I tried to research. We don't know exactly how old he is, but he's in his mid-20s. And so he said this stuff, you know, the, the worst of it was 2011. He's 14 years old at the time, 15. He wasn't 19. I'm curious. Okay, we say we fire him. I, I happen to agree with you. I think you have to. Yeah. But I'm curious society-wise, just societally speaking, this idea of no path to redemption, where we burn everybody, even the comments like, I, look, I think his behavior was egregious, but he was also 15. I think he's probably not that guy anymore. Obviously, he was sincerely uh, problematic stuff there. I, do you not feel there's, there needs to be some path to redemption where, okay, fire him, but this guy should not have his entire life ruined. Should he not have a path to redemption to where we maybe leave him alone in five years? Yeah, I don't think this is going to follow him around the country. I mean, I think this is a hot story here because this is where it originated. But you know, if he goes to Tulsa as a reporter, I don't know if it's going to pop up. He might be done as a reporter because if you just Google him. But, you know, it's yeah, you change your pen name and go by something different. Nobody you get a new Twitter handle. Nobody's ever going to find, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? And no, I don't like I, I said earlier, the shit I said when I was 15 compared to the man I am today, like even the man I was when I was 25 compared to the man I am yeah. today, two completely different human beings because of life experience, loss, love, all that good stuff that comes with it. So I'll never hold that against somebody. But as long as they've shown that they've improved, and I don't know this guy at all. No, neither do I. But I just know that if you're the type of guy to pull somebody's card when you're that type of dude, your integrity isn't there to begin with. So I, I really don't have any sad thoughts for him. Well, yeah, and that's, you know, I, I'm called to my face by some people on the show, Justin Rogers of the Detroit News, like, you know, <laughs> and fairly, you know, I admit it, kind of like a cynical ass, and, you know, I'm very open about it. and. I had no authorization of what our producer Ben put together with our new solo show coming up, but the entire theme of it is like Justin Spiro's an asshole. Yeah, congrats on that. Yeah, man. well, yeah, thanks. That's a wear it with pride, I suppose. But yeah. even I feel like a little bad for the guy when you go on his account, and it's like it's literally we put it up there. It's fifteen hundred people. There wasn't one guy that was like, "Hey, man, take it on the chin," you know, chin <laughs> up. It was like the the mob is fucking out, which is I get it. But that's what he wanted for Dan, so I don't feel bad for him at all. I, I feel less bad. I just, I'm not even saying I like, feel like just a little. I just I hope I don't I, I don't think society is better off just even when people make egregious mistakes as long as you're not raping somebody, molesting children. I, like that's the serious shit is unforgivable. I think we agree. Oh, of course. But stupid shit I said when I'm 14, even if it's like horrible shit. I mean, there there have been people that were adults, reform members of the KKK that have like left the KKK. And it's like, those people need to go through a 10 year period of like, we think they're pieces of shit. But I just think society is better off. Are we not better off having someone that's like, I can speak intelligently to how stupid I was. I was a terrible person. I'm going to be on the street. But that's like, what he needed to do. And he didn't do it. That's fair. Okay. You know what I well, mean? Hopefully he gets there. This is America is a very forgiving society. Look at presidents do dumb shit all the time and stand up there and ask yep. for forgiveness and <laughs> they true. get it. You it's know, true. celebrities do dumb shit all the time, ask for forgiveness, but you got to own up to it. 
Like, I apologize for what I tweeted. Like, no, you need to be like, listen, I was a dumb kid. That was inappropriate. It is something I will never do again. It's something I'm ashamed of to this day. And I think we'd have a different tone about this right now than a staged-ass apology. The thing that I wanted to see, and, like, the most liked response to him, it had, like, 2,000 likes on it, was someone being like, hey, asshole, you might want to mention, like, Dan Campbell. Because I the, the apology I would have liked to have seen would have been, like, you know, I, I understand the hypocrisy in this. Like, I shouldn't have done that. Like, there was nothing right. about Campbell. It's like, you know, it was just such a high horse article where you're trying to get the guy. And it's like, I'm with you. It's just, yeah. I don't like seeing anybody burn for even terrible shit if they said it and they were, you know, not even legal adult. Yeah, Marlo earned this heat, though. He wanted the smoke and he got it, man. Yeah, well, <laughs> he earned up, all the up. smoke. He definitely earned it now. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying leave him alone today. I'm just saying, like, I hope the guy in... Three years is okay. I mean, I think he's paying a pretty big price. So we'll finish on this in terms of the Lions before we get to the speed round to sort of pivot back to that. It's the critical part of the offseason. Everybody knows Matthew Stafford. Yep. We could do three hours on Matthew Stafford. You have a show in the morning. We're not going to subject you or our audience to that. But just sort of briefly, lay it out. If you're Brad Holmes, you're the GM, you're making, let's say in this hypothetical world that I don't know if we live in, but you have been empowered to make the decision. There's no pressure from Sheila Fordhamp. Oh, Stafford's our guy like, you know, they did with Caldwell. What do you do? Do you move on? Is it time to draft the successor? Do you trade Stafford now? Do you keep him, draft the successor, and sit him for a year, a la Patrick Mahomes? What do you do? Where do you go with number nine? Yeah, I think we're past the point of trading him. Obviously, with the salary cap hits that we got to take, if we do trade them, it's it's almost pointless to you're you're hurting yourself as much as you're helping yourself at this point. To me, his best value comes as the mentor. Uh, we draft somebody doesn't necessarily have to be the number seven overall pick, you know, like pick someone in the second, third round and hopefully let him groom them and bring them along. Or you bring somebody in, you know, look at what the Saints did with Jameis Winston this year. Yeah, the reclamation project. Exactly. Yeah. Like you you take somebody like that and you let Stafford coach him up and then two years down the road, move along. And, you know, because we got to have a plan moving forward. I love Stafford. I love what he's done for the organization. We We haven't been able to get there with him partially on him, partially on the organization. That's just how this thing has worked out over these past 12 years. But he, he's he's been hurt the past two seasons. I don't like Chase Daniel. I don't want to see any more of Chase Daniel so or his contract. Yeah. You know, like let's invest in the future. And if he gets hurt, then we bring in the next guy up. So your position is you keep him, but let's talk about succession plans. I, you said it doesn't have to be at seven. The quarterback position at this point where you're months out of the draft, the season's not even over yet. It's the most difficult to project. It's the most fluid, I would argue, because it's the most dependent on the wonder, like how you interview, Ugh. you know, when they do the deep dive on you, teams are not super concerned. They care. It's factored in. They're not as concerned about a wide receiver being kind of weird in the interview as they are the quarterback. Quarterback's your CEO. So we don't know if Justin Fields is going to be off the charts in, in his interview process and he'll sort of reascend into that second slot. He's since been dinged. I mean, Todd McShay had him at 15th a week ago. But Zach Wilson, man. I, I happen to like Zach Wilson, but we don't even have to put a name to it. But one of those guys, Field, Zach Wilson, I, Mac Jones won't get that high. But one of those guys, do you want at seven? Do you want him to go quarterback at seven? Um, I want him to go defense. 
You want him to go defense. Yeah, that's. Okay. I mean, we were thirtieth in the league. Our offense, you Micah know, was, Parsons. Is it, like, Parsons wouldn't yeah. be bad. Uh, you know, Petty out of uh, you know Michigan. I I like shearing up that offense or that defensive line. I want him to go defense, but I wouldn't hate it if we went quarterback there. If it's Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, one of those two there. Outside of that, Mac Jones, no, 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 no. Maybe in the second round, like I, I don't, have him going like top fifteen. I, I was just gonna say, I don't buy it. I, I, I don't. I think he's gonna slide. I, I don't. He has no mobility. Yeah. like he's a system quarterback. Do you see the picture of him in the locker room without a shirt on? No, oh, <laughs> the guy, the guy looks like a, a offensive lineman. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna judge that though. Remember Brady's uh, combine picture? Brady looked, Brady looked like a like a scrawny bitch. He didn't, yes. look, he didn't look out of shape. I mean, he just looked like a not an athlete. Right. There's a difference. I mean, <laughs> Mac Jones looks like he's been eating Big Macs all season. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, he's a guy that honestly, like, who knows? We talked about it. It's fluid. It wouldn't shock me if that guy slid. I mean, every year there's at least one quarterback that tumbles. And, you know, maybe you do take him in the second round, but. I no. I wouldn't hate that in the second round. No, it'd be fine. Yeah, it'd be fine. And, and you know, that's it's not mortgaging your whole future. If a second round guy flops, it's not as damaging as the seventh overall. We'll see about Jeff Okuda. But I, I mean, just we're finishing here. To what extent do you blame Stafford? Because this has been sort of a pet topic on this show. Yeah. Everyone that I've talked to has a different opinion. It runs a spectrum of fuck him, get him out of here. He's a loser. He's he's never won shit. He only beats up on the bad teams. He's a you know stat padford. Or he's completely absolved. This is the Ford family. They're awful, whatever, and, and everything in between. Where do you land on that? I'm kind of a centrist on this because I'll acknowledge that he's the greatest quarterback that the Lions have ever had. Yes. I mean, and he, I don't think he's Hall of Fame quality, which some people go that far to say that, hey, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. If he had a ring or two, he would be. He's if better. he had a playoff win or two, maybe. <laughs> let's, let's, yeah, let's, right. not, let's not go ring yet, yeah, man. Yeah. We got to get a playoff win That's or two. Fair. Yeah, you're right. Um, but at the same time, we haven't had a playoff win. He hasn't gotten us to that point when it comes won a division. Man. When it comes crunch time, we haven't been. You know, he hasn't had that moment. He did again. He did his rookie year against the Browns, the Browns, and we've seen that over and over again. But that needs to be a playoff like memory for him. Yes. Coming back against the Bears, you know, in you know, in Soldier Field, doing that would cement him, I think. But. I like him, you know, like I, I'm not mad that we've had him. I'm not in love that we've had him. Uh, it's been nice to have a franchise quarterback and not go through what the Bears have gone through or what we went through before Stafford was here. But I don't think he's the solution, and I don't think he's the problem. I think he's good enough to win a Super Bowl somewhere else. I, oh, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. But he can't be the guy. No. And that's the thing. Like, when he's Flacco. performed when he's performed best, I think he's better than Flacco. No, I agree, but Flacco was good enough to get you there. Right. But he's not going to be the guy anywhere. He right. He was great in that one postseason run. He was. He was phenomenal. Yeah, the, when Stafford turned the best is when, um, you know, Jim Bob Cooter came in after Calvin left, which you thought he'd get worse when Calvin left. He got better when Calvin left, efficiency and all that, because he started to spread the ball around more, and it wasn't all on him. You know, it was all on him to distribute the ball, not just bomb the ball down the field. And that's where he excelled. And that's, I just think we've, we've asked too much of him. The only one that'll ever get this done, get this team, even if it's not winning the Super Bowl, winning playoff games, winning the division, they have to land a all timer. Like they have to get Aaron Rodgers. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to join that group. You know, do you? I, I I'm do. not sold on Lawrence. Oh my God. Isn't that weird? 
Oh, don't. No, come on. Terrible. That terrible take by you. Yeah. You don't buy. Okay. Wait, that's. We're, we're at the end here. So, yeah. My God. We'll, we'll get into that yeah. another time. <laughs> oh, my God. He's transcendent. But even forget Trevor Warren. So Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, obviously. I would even argue, you know, you could throw Russell Wilson in there. They need a transcendent quarterback to overcome this just heaping pile of shit that their history <laughs> is. And Stafford's not that. Stafford's good enough to be in a good organization and be the guy that wins it for you with good guys around him and a good organizational infrastructure. They don't have it. But I think this is, again, something you and I agree on where not all is fault, not totally absolved, could win somewhere else. I think we're pretty much dancing there. Yeah. No, I think I think we're in the same lane on that. I, I like Stafford. We agree on the line. Yeah. It's nice. It's, it's refreshing for me because it's not, it's <laughs> and, not very common. And honestly, the Stafford's have been great to Woodward Sports, too. <laughs> and like, well, you know, so I, I got to show Kelly Stafford love for stopping by the toy drive and all that. Well, She's, yeah, no one's going to thumb a nose at, you know, someone donating toys to no, kids. I mean, that's no, no. Like, you know, and so if you get back to the community, you always get a soft spot in my heart anyways. And, and that's fair. Yeah. But, you know, and I, I'm not anti-Stafford, if anything. I kind of feel bad for him and want to see him as much as you can feel bad for someone making $30 million a year. <laughs> but I, I want to see him go win somewhere else. Like I, I'm, you know, Patriots fans have been kind of split on Tom Brady. He had a lot more success for them than Stafford had here. But like you see that kind of split of like, oh, I don't want to see him win in Tampa. You know, we're friends with a huge Patriots fan, uh, Jag. He's like rooting for Brady actively with Tampa. If Stafford goes somewhere else, I'll be like the biggest fan of that team for two years or however long he's there. I want it's like see. Verlander. That's the way I look at it. It's a yeah. lot like Verlander. Like I rooted for him. Too. Yeah, I love yeah. Verlander. And when he got his championship for the Astros, I was I was just as not just as happy, but I was happy for yeah. him. Yeah. So I, I I'm a huge Stafford fan. Yeah. I, you know. So yeah, I think I'm with you. So I know you've watched every show we've ever done. You're a huge fan. You're our biggest fan by far. Yep. Top so, fan on Facebook. Yeah. Top fan on Facebook. <laughs> so I don't have to explain the entire concept of the speed round to you but for, you know briefly for those that don't know we do the speed round similar to word association uh-oh similar but you can uh, you can say a couple sentences you know you can say more than one word so this is actually the longest speed round which is an oxymoron that we've done because i i had too many i couldn't cut it down i had like 25 i wanted oh, to ask geez, you man. well you have an interesting perspective on stuff so uh yeah you know, sometimes my brain operates too fast for my mouth and uh things happen in speed rounds my, good, <laughs> yeah, yeah things good, happen good in speed purposes. rounds you want another drink before we yeah start. a little okay. more whiskey in me <laughs> yeah. you see the red cheeks so, so we'll start here you know one to five cents is whatever you want to do gotcha nicest athlete you've met nicest athlete i've met justin verlander Justin Verlander. Yep. That's controversial because a lot of people say he's an ass. He was really nice when I met him too, though. Yeah. Um, I was hosting V Nightclub inside the MGM Grand. Uh, he came out with some of the Tigers. Uh, I went up to him. I was like, hey, man, you want me to announce that you're here? Because most athletes want everybody to know that they're in the building. He's like, no, I'm just here to have a quiet night and hang out. Brandon Inge, on the other hand, let him know I'm in the building. Oh, I believe that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I believe that. Yeah. That, that's cool. Yeah. I, I like hearing someone else say he's nice because, I mean, I, I had like two interactions with him. He was great. And uh, a lot of people have kind of not so nice stories about him, but he was cool to me. He's cool to me, too. So speaking of parties, you, I don't know, it's safe to say in another life at this point, you were, I mean, is it MC? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you're MC. Yep. So you're out there, you're on the mic, you and uh, Tyler Durden over there at Woodward Sports are big, <laughs> big party guys. I'm crazy. I'm curious for the craziest thing you've seen at a Detroit party specifically, like a brawl or a celebrity coming in and, and spitting on someone. The craziest thing you've seen. I mean, when you said brawl, the first thing I went to, I used to host Altered State at the State Theater. It was me, uh, DJ Mike Scroggs, and DJ Godfather every Saturday night, 2,000 people. And uh, 
one weekend, all of D12 was there performing and Trick Trick and Goon Squad and all of them were performing. And one of the guys from Goon Squad was in the crowd trying to get up on the stage. The bouncers didn't know he's from the Goon Squad. Bouncers fought that guy. Goon Squad started fighting the bouncers and it was a melee. I'm shepherding women like behind the stage, behind the curtain to keep them safe. <laughs> like it was, you know, I, one of the bouncers that worked with us every week, I look out, his face is all bloody. Like he got hit in the face with a mic stand. So, yeah, that was Ann Arbor or Detroit, Detroit, Detroit. State Theater. Now the Fillmore. Yeah, the Fillmore. Yeah. Yeah. I know it as the Fillmore. It was the state, the state theater. Yeah. Yeah. Altered state. Shout out to anybody who ever came there. Did did that end the night? I mean, you don't like start performing again an hour later. Yeah, you do. Yeah, Yeah, you You do. do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They didn't care, man. They shut it down. (laughs) Got everybody cleared out and the girls are drunk. They come back down on the dance floor and ready to rock again, man. They must have had a good MC then. (laughs) We'll give you all the credit. So moving on. This is a common debate I have, and this is a, a baseball one. Ooh. Comerica Park versus Tiger Stadium. Just you're old enough. You're a little older than me. I vividly remember going to Tiger games. I know you do too, right? You've yeah. had stories of you and your dad going. Mm-hmm. Just obviously Comerica Park's newer. It's nicer. But just the experience. You're going to the game with your dad or your buddy or whatever. That, that two and a half hours. What's a better two and a half hour? Oh, Tiger Stadium. Tiger Stadium. I agree. Tiger Stadium all day. And I think maybe just because I'm romantic about it. And like you said, you know, like going with your dad, the wonderment of the big city coming, you know, because I grew up, I I grew up in Detroit. Then we moved out to Novi, uh, like Walled Lake area. And, you know, like going to Detroit, you know, like parking your car, walking a half a block to get there. The smells, it was a shithole, you know, like my dad would prep me for what we were going to experience in the bleachers, you know, and yeah. like I saw Frank Thomas, my favorite player at that time, hit a home run. It, it's just Tiger Stadium. I, I agree. And, you know, you you were sort of touching on the sentimental note, which is all true and all valid. And I agree across the board. But even just like if it were here now and I was an adult watching it, the sight lines were a lot better. Like you could be in the last row of the upper deck and center field. And you were like, there's actually pictures of it that people have taken, like, and have been circulated before they tore it down. But you, you're like on top of the center fielder, even though right. you're in the last row. Yep. Comerica, Comerica Park's much more like drawn back and it's just a different vibe. And yeah, it's just, it's just different, but I like Comerica Park. No, so do I, I do. Huge Comerica Park. But fan. yeah, I mean like Mickey Mantle used to be in those, Ty Cobb used to be in those batter's box, yeah. like the history that's there. And that's what I love what pal did with it keeping the yeah. batter's box there. And they kept the uh, flagpole in the outfield and stuff like that. It's a, it's a nice homage yeah. to it. So you, they do like youth baseball there. It's a park now. And yeah. It's pretty cool. Oh, it's amazing. I want an apartment by there. Yeah. It'd be sweet. Yeah. It'd be sweet. So you'll be able to afford one with the, the growth right over at Woodward. Yeah. Right, pretty yeah. Soon. So yeah, going back to the comparisons in Detroit, we'll get to the next one. This is one of my favorite ones to throw out there. Dennis Rodman versus Ben Wallace. And I'll phrase it in this context. Oh, man. Let me phrase it this way. You're going into a seven-game series. Your life depends on it, and you have to start your team with one of them. Who are you taking? Your life depends on the outcome of a seven-game series. Who are you taking? So it's not who you like more. It's like who you taking in that spot. Dude, these are my two all-time favorite Pistons. Really? So, so this is this is incredibly <laughs> tough oh, for me. Good job by me in the prep, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, initially when you first asked the question, I was going to say Rodman because I, I I lost some respect for Ben when he left for a little bit more money. Like, yeah, but the but then you rephrase it as a seven-game series. Who you having? And it's not about where they're signing and stuff like that. Right. And their loyalty to the team. Ah, uh, and it's a, it is a different question. Then it's like, oh, who do you like more? I mean, it's right. like in that spot because they're both. I th- I mean, you, there's no bad answer. 
you're great if you have either one there. Yeah, it, honestly, it's matchup based. <laughs> like, who, who am I playing? Um, God, it's so hard not to say Dennis Rodman. Yeah, it's really impossible not to say Dennis Rodman, even though you know Ben's a center and Dennis played you know three, four, and five on occasion. So I take Dennis Rodman. I have to, man. He was he was my all time favorite athlete growing up. I went to the Dennis Rodman basketball camp when I was little. I met him. Like he was my guy. Yeah, fair. I mean, you can't go wrong. And no. We've done this once before, and whoever I hear it was Adam or someone else picked Ben. So there you go. Speaking of, of comparisons. Of course he did. Well, yeah, they can't, <laughs> there's no bad answer. Both no. great answers. Speaking of Detroit comparisons, we'll stay on it. This is maybe a cliche, but we'll go there. American Coney Island versus Lafayette Coney Island. You're a Detroit guy. What do you fall? I'm an American guy all day. I say I like Lafayette. Yeah, no, I, yeah. everybody hates on me for liking American. That's more. It, they're both good. They are. I like the sweet onion compared to the spicy onion. And, okay. And then uh, American used to have used to be the only ones with a real shredded cheese. You can only get the squeezed cheese from Lafayette. Now Lafayette has the upgraded cheese. That's why I used your to. grandfather and in the preference. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is Lafayette's a bigger dump, and therefore to me has more charm. But yeah, they're both they're both great. No, American's out. amazing. Yeah, I, yeah. Lo- I love American. Fair I've enough. had many drunken nights at American. So we talked briefly before the show. This is the speed round. We could go ten hours on this next. The Donald Trump presidency, which is ending in a few hours. Yeah, isn't that yeah. amazing? Yeah, it's ending. I mean, not everyone's isn't watching it? this live, but it's ending in about fourteen hours. <laughs> so we're, there he is. Yeah. The Donald Trump presidency, you know, in three to five sentences. I mean, you know, yeah, you sum it up. It's 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 done. It is done. Well, how do you, how do you it's how do you done for it? now. Um, he yeah. can run again in four years. Going the Grover Cleveland non-consecutive term. He, he did mention that in one of his yeah, speeches. Yeah. Um, so to sum it up, it was controversial. It was eye-opening in a lot of ways, on a lot of levels, to a lot of people. Um, the positive I'll take away from it is he was the first president in my lifetime not to start a new war. Yep. And I think that's important. The economy, um, even though we're going through a pandemic, has still, the stock market has still survived. We didn't reach depression level. Yes, it, it's got scary at some point, and I think he's done well on that. Obviously, just wish he didn't have Twitter. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you doesn't, know, doesn't anymore. But right, <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. It, it, you know, this problem could have been solved four years ago. Yeah. And I honestly think it would have been a much calmer, you know, presidency. But I loved having that open veil behind that curtain. We've never seen that insight before. It was cool in a macabre way. It, it in a purely abstract way. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, right. Um, but to me, it it is what it is. It was history. I'm glad I lived through it. To me, it it wasn't. I knew it wasn't going to be as bad as everybody thought it was going to be, but obviously it got bad at some points, but so did every presidency. Yeah. I, knew, I knew a guy, he's a uh, University of Michigan grad now at the time. He was a student, and um, he's 100% Indian, um, and he's a huge, huge liberal. And he was throwing out stuff right after the election. It was like like late November. Um, they, uh, paraphrasing, we're now almost five years ago, but. He was like legitimately scared that like the Gestapo police were going to come like pick him up. And like, I, I'm sorry, like I didn't vote for Trump either time. I didn't vote top of the ticket in 2016. And I bit my tongue hard voting for Biden in this last cycle. I hated both of them. <laughs> but so I'm no Trump guy. But um, yeah, it was overkill. Like people were overreacting, in my opinion, yeah. to the extent of how bad it was. Yeah, I mean, you you see that with every president, you know. Like, I, I don't like to overreact either way to these things. You know, like when Obama got elected, you saw people going off the effing deep end too. When Trump, it just you know, like it got scary for some people that I know that I'm really close with. To, to, 
they became obsessed with it. And, that, and yeah. that's what it became. It just became somebody's focus as opposed to, listen, man, that branch of government, by the time anything they decide up there trickles down to you, like focus on your local branch of yes. government. Yeah. That's where you're going to make change. That's what, Those are the things that affect your life. Yes, taxes and all that stuff, blah, 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 blah. But I don't know, man. It's over and we made it and we'll move on. This is the greatness of America. I love this country no matter who the president is. You have the Jeffersonian perspective that I do too, that local government's much more of course, De- determinant of your experience in this country. Yeah. Yeah. So. If you really want to make a change, that's where you got to start. Yep. Yep. So I think we're mostly aligned there. Uh, don't like him. Didn't like him. Won't <laughs> vote for him again. If he does run back, uh, try you know, run a third time for a second term, but uh, you know, a little bit overstated, like you said, like it always is. People thought Barack Obama was, you know, a terrorist and not born here. I mean, it's like it's just it's stupid. It brings man. out brings out the worst. It does, yeah. and it's only the fringe that are like that. Like the the intelligent people are always going to be intelligent. Yeah, the yeah. dumb people are always going to go with crowds. I'm just I'm exhausted from the whole thing. Like, <laughs> you know, this will be the last time I talk about it. I loved it, man. When when he got elected, I was I was happy. You know, like I I wanted something new. Obviously, I didn't get everything I wanted. Yeah, but I I also got some of the things I wanted. Like, look how many people pay attention to politics now. Oh, yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what, you know, you're a media guy. The ratings, I, I have to think, are going to suffer because they're not going to have their pinata anymore. Yeah, the salaciousness yeah. Is, is out. And the salaciousness is what sells. I mean, you know that. It's, it's your media guy. You know. I mean, that's so that's they don't have their pinata to, to whack around anymore. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what everybody talks about. I mean, even on Twitter now, you see it's still mentioned nonstop. He's still mentioned nonstop in my timeline and dude's not even on Twitter anymore. We'll see. He's still the president, but we'll see, you know, in six months from now, we know how it's going to go. They're going to blame him for everything. You know, everything that Biden doesn't do well, it's going to be all because it, it was just too much to overcome in both sides. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what they did to Obama yeah. too. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what, yeah, there's no like distinction there. It's no. every, everyone's the same sack of shit. <laughs> I, like, I like to say I'm like you know one of the few honest people where I might be wrong as long as the day is long, but like I at least try to be honest. I don't I don't shill for anybody. I call balls and strikes as I see them. Yep. So back to lighter topics. My favorite two logos in all of sports both happen to be here, and I'm extremely biased, but I'm curious. Detroit Red Wings winged wheel. Versus the Old English D. Who has the better logo? Uh, the Old English D to me. I mean, you see me rock my Tigers hat 95% of my life. It, to me, it's just the symbol of what the city is. It's transcendent. It's, it, it's everything. It's, you know, it's the soul of the city. It's, you know, people get it tattooed on them. Downriver probably has the most Detroit tattoos. <laughs> yeah, <ever>. right, right. <laughs> but for real, like, you, I wear my Detroit hat whenever I travel and everything, and, you know, people acknowledge it. They're both great. Can't yeah, go, can't it, go wrong with those two. Yeah, but, no. Yeah. Red Wings, great logo. Detroit, though, that D stands for more than the Tigers. I'm with you. Yep, I think you nailed it. Yep. Last one. This one we. This is a new one for us, and it's a very sad topic. Oh no. Ben editorializing. As oh always. no. Why would you show this? <laughs> I know he is showing Robert Ori. I was watching that game in Las Vegas. I wanted to hang myself. Ugh. What Detroit sports result would you undo? So you can change the result of a single game in Detroit sports history. What's the one game you can flip the result? I mean, that's got to be it. I think you guys nailed it with uh, Rasheed Wallace leaving Robert Ory for that three. Like, to me, that was uh, the Pistons. That could have been a massive dynasty. Like, another, yeah. they would have gone back for maybe for at least to compete for a three-peat. You yeah. keep that core together. Larry Brown's not going anywhere if they win it again. Ah. Uh, you know, the argument against it is 
you can flip that result and argue that San Antonio then wins game six and seven in San Antonio. Whereas if I flip the result of the 2009 Stanley Cup finals, for example, in game seven, it's like, I got the cup if I flip that result. I know I win. That was a tough loss, man. I was yeah. at the Fox Theater for that. That was that was a tough loss. My, my my story, which is even a step down from you know this uh, Spurs one that we're talking about in Game 5 at the Palace, it's even a, a full two steps back probably, was Fenway Park in 2013 where Ortiz, I was at that game. It's that bombed at, right field. Well, yeah, it's 5-1 to one in the eighth inning. The Red Sox haven't done shit with the bat in two games. I'm sitting with my buddy James. And, and literally, like Benoit's warming up, and he's my witness. He'll go to his grave saying, I said it to him. I said, don't give him shit to hit. Mike Napoli's on deck. Bases loaded, two outs. You have the most clutch hitter in David Ortiz in our lifetime, some say ever, in the batter's box. Don't give him anything to hit. I'm not saying intentionally walk him. Don't put the arm out. Four pitches in the dirt away. If you walk him, great. He's going to be up there jacked up. He's probably going to swing at some garbage anyway. I don't care. Walk him. I'm up 5-2. Now I just got to get Mike Napoli out. I have two outs. Why are you – he throws him a fucking meatball right down the middle. That uh, would be mine. Yeah, that one hurt. I mean, yeah. <laughs> You're going with the Spurs, though. I am because, to me, that's just the most vivid in my mind. I, I mean, I, we could go back to the 91 playoffs for the Lions. You know, maybe they could beat the Redskins. That that would be nice. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would take – but there's not one specific play I can point to in that game. You know, like that play – Right there. Right. Like, they would have taken one going to San Antonio. I agree. And they, they, and they ended up, I mean, they did. it changes. They but took they, game six. Yeah. And they were tied going in the, the fourth quarter of game seven. Yep. So it's like they were they were right there. Uh, just, that one will kill me forever. So. And I wonder why she'd left, man. Like One of the smartest defenders in his era. And you know that's Robert Ory. Like it's, uh, well, and if you give up the two, you still have the ball and you're tied. So you get the last shot to avoid an overtime and win. Or are you going to overtime? The one thing, the one thing you couldn't do is give up a three. Not only do you give up a three, you give it to the most clutch three-point shooter of his generation. All it's time. Like, right. Yeah, yeah, of like, all time. Probably ever. Yeah. yeah Big like, Shot Bob. Like, you don't get the name Big Shot Bob because <laughs> you're not hitting those threes. And he already had it at that time. Uh, that just kind of, like, further uh, accentuated the legacy. But. Yeah, what a depressing, that was a bad job by me throwing that out last. What a terrible way to end. So we'll end with, That's what we're ending on? I, we'll end with this. Woodward Sports, check them out. Love what you're doing. Thank we're you, man. Just, you know, rooting for you. Appreciate um, it. You know, tell Adam I said what's up. I and, will. Uh, you know, wish you guys well. Appreciate you joining me. And I, I would love to have you back at some point. I think it'd be fun to actually have you and Adam in. We do have an extra mic in the back there with an extra chair. We'll wheel it out. I'd love to have both of you back. Yeah, that'd be fun. No, yeah. I mean, you, you know, like you mentioned earlier, you want to see Adam Moore on the air right now. You, you know, we're we're really dedicated to building this thing from the middle out, and he's been busting his ass doing all the groundwork. So yeah, no, and I get it. So yeah, you'll he's, get he's there. too smart for his own good. He, he can do everything well. So you yeah, know, sometimes you know, you know, he's sick in his own battleship. He is. He is. Yeah. He's got to be like me, a one trick pony. And then <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah, just talk. So you and I, <laughs> we have two tricks between us. It's we're each bringing one to that equation. Yep. yep. Yeah, it's it's fun. Like we had a, a mic issue a couple months ago, and you know the guy's like, uh, "Who was the guest camera? If it was Wharton or someone?" But it was like, "Hey, man, like we got to fix the mic. Like it wasn't positioned right." I was like, hey, "Ben's got to come in here, man." <laughs> ben, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like he's like, "Hey, can you fix my mic?" I'm like, "No, I really, I really can't." So yeah, but uh, wish you well, man. Appreciate your time. I know you got a show to to prep for tomorrow morning, so. 
uh, hopefully we didn't keep you too late and rooting for you, man. It was, it was a pleasure. Hey, thanks for having me and a uh, big fan of yours too. Obviously we stole your street sign. We talked about that. It's a little. all right. It's all right. <laughs> but no, man, keep doing what you're doing. I see, you know, when's the last time I was here? Two and a half years ago? Yeah, about, yeah, 2017. So it's a yeah. three years and ago, I think. You're evolving too, man. So it's great to see. Keep doing what you're doing. No, we will. We will. We're keeping after it. So we'll be checking you out tomorrow. You guys should too. Woodward Sports. I do the, the Facebook thing. So I guarantee if you watch them tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, you will see me in the chat because I am always in the chat chirping them. So. Yeah, with an awesome crew in there, too. Isn't that yeah. fun that like that's become like a little community? Yeah, you have – they call themselves Woodies. Yeah. I, yeah, I consider myself too cool to give myself any nicknames, but uh, I'm like a sort of a the, the original member of that group, I say. I mean, I was uh, there on day one and – like I said, support you all the way. So check them out. You will see me there uh, tomorrow and pretty much every day, 8 to 10. They have a, a number of other programs, too, and uh, I, I recommend checking them all out. Sean Bleach, a friend of mine, yep. um, you know, doing a show with Joyke Bell. He's going 11 to, 11 to 1. 11 to 1. And then we're adding a 3 to 5 coming up three, uh, oh, with, is with, that, a, with a couple big names. We, oh, so you can't tell me who that is? I can't tell you just yet. Okay. This is my wait. tease for it. Yeah, okay. wait. Wait Fair for it. You'll like it, though. You'll like it. I'm sure I will. All right. So check about Woodward Sports. This is Sam Stick Day joining us. We're going to have him back. Shout out and all the appreciation goes to the other man on the side of the wall here, Ben Augusta, our producer, who does 97% of the work associated with this program. <laughs> I, just, I just talk and you know get yelled at by people and yell a little bit in return. So. By the way, uh, Sam, Speak Easy Sports uh, said, tell my man Stick I said, what up, Dell? Yeah, so Speak Easy. That's a guy you should have on too, man. Yeah, he, I've heard that. He actually said in the comments, I'd also love to have Justin. I okay, guess, on his so I'm like the secondary. I'm like, I'm, the, I'm just like the fucking appetizer. No, for, man, for that, that's the cool thing about this. Like that's you know, like let's all show each other love and we'll all grow together, man. I'm with it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. You know, it's like uh, rising tide raises all boats, kind of perspective. Dude, I've said so. that quote like a hundred times. People, a lot of people don't know that quote. Oh come on, Isn't that weird. People are not as smart as you and me. <laughs> people are like, what are that boat quote you keep saying? Yeah, I'm like, the boat quote. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, check them out, Ben Augusta. I love you, man. Thanks for being the great and powerful Oz behind the curtain. Uh, love the listeners. You guys have been great, supportive of us. We appreciate it. Uh, the solo show off the curb is coming any day. We'll announce that very, very shortly. We're going to lock in the exact date. And I'm uh, looking forward to it. More and more content here, and we're going to bring you a lot. So thank you. This has been the Spear Lab and the show. We'll be back in a couple of days with more. Thank you.